Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast, Wisdom's Echo. This is Grant Mahoney. And what I want to share on is Kingdom Fathers. And it's probably going to take me two or three parts to share everything that I want to share about this. So I hope you're going to get something out of this. But um, I really believe that this is so important to understand what Kingdom Fathers are and who they are. And I believe it's really paramount for you and me to begin to understand this and to get a grasp on this actual topic. And so... This whole topic about Kingdom Fathers has a lot to do with government. And so what I want you to do while you're listening to this is put your hand on your head and say, if I can change my mind, I can change my world. And that is such a powerful statement because in Romans 12 verse 2 it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of Yahweh. And so the thing is this, is that if you and I can change our minds and the way we think, then everything changes around us. And so it's so paramount that we do this. So if I can change my mind, I can change my world. If you can begin to grasp the concept of changing the way you think, then you can change the world around you. You can change the environment around you. And so one of the things that I personally love is I absolutely love challenging current uh, paradigms and theologies And the reason I like doing that is because I want us to come to a place where we can understand things and see things from a a more kingdom-orientated viewpoint. And to be more consistent with what Yahweh is leading you and me into because there's a lot of stuff that he's busy doing. And so I love having me personally, I love having my existing paradigms and theologies challenged all the time. And so when we understand government from a kingdom perspective, um, we can come together and in small groups of people and we can affect such massive change we don't need huge stadiums full of tens of thousands of people to affect what's happening in our regions like for instance our little home group over here can come together when we understand government and we understand it from a kingdom perspective and we can begin to initiate things and see things change around us which is quite unique and and quite significant and so um, when we do this we're going to begin to see things shifting and people that are down the road or in different places are not going to understand why things are completely out of order in their world and yet in our world things seem to be so together. And the reason it is like this is because you and I have an understanding or what I want to bring is an understanding of kingdom government and we understand that Yahweh is bringing things back into alignment with his kingdom purposes. That's what he's doing and so it's very important to understand that. Um, if you and, and the reason I say this is because if you look at Scripture and you look at what most people do is they give Ezra and they give Nehemiah the credit for rebuilding the temple and the walls in, in Nehemiah's day. But it wasn't really, if we really look at it, Nehemiah and Ezra that caused it to happen. It was actually Daniel. And the reason I say this is because Daniel understood that by reading the scroll of Jeremiah and because he began to pray and he began to engage the government of heaven, When the time had come, what he birthed was what Jeremiah had prophesied. And Ezra and Nehemiah had the the privilege of fleshing that out and beginning to build what Daniel birthed in prayer. So that is so important for you and me to understand. The point that I'm trying to make is that we don't really know what we are doing in church in general like often when we come together in meetings we often don't really know what 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 we're doing and sometimes they're significant and important and i'm always thrilled to be there but sometimes we need to be good at what we do we need to know why we're there and so i want to know what i'm doing and i want to be good at what i'm doing
and we all need to have want to have that to be good at what we do and so i want to talk to you a little bit about some things that i think will help us as the body be better at what we do and i believe that this is one of the most important and critical needs that exists in the body of christ today and that is to discover the ministry of kingdom fathers or the, or the the people that are kingdom fathers and the word kingdom here has been and when i use it i'm using it not as some theological word but i'm using it as the practical application of that word kingdom in other words i'm trying to say kingdom in function and not just in form like how do we function in the kingdom what does that look like and so for some reason or the other I've, i don't know why but we haven't been able to compre- comprehend what it's like to develop the ministry or develop kingdom fathers we've also not really known how to be sons and daughters to be quite honest in 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 the church settings that we find ourselves in and what i want to say before i move on is when i refer to sons and the scriptures that i read refer to sons please understand that it covers all the women as well it's not just about men and i'm not going to go and change scripture to make it politically correct for you to understand it or you understand what i'm trying to say so we're long past the theology that women should sit at the back of the church and be quiet right we know that i am a great supporter of women in ministry and so i just wanted to get that out of the way because they that word son and the word daughter in scripture in the hebrew it's the exact same word there's no um um gender when they talk about sons and daughters it actually means builder and it means the builder of the kingdom of yahweh so that's what a son or a daughter is a builder of the kingdom of yahweh so if we look at 1 corinthians 4 verse 15 uh it says this even if you had 10,000 guardians and the king james says instructors in christ you do not have many fathers for in christ jesus i became your father through the gospel exodus 30:30 anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them so they may be so they may serve me as priests and in Malachi 4:6 and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers lest I come and strike the earth with a curse so when Yahweh looks at things and the way he looks at things he views things as a being out of proper ordained kingdom alignment when fathers and sons are not united and walking together and this is so so important and so when we look at the world today it's it's been rapidly disintegrating and deteriorating in terms of morals and all those kind of things that we see today and this has accelerated over the past few years and we can see that especially in the wickedness and evil that we've seen prevailing all around us like um the abortion bills that are being passed where you can now murder a baby that's actually alive it's born and you've got 2 hours in which to make a decision whether you want it or you don't and they will kill that baby for you those kind of things wickedness is just expanding everywhere and so i believe that yahweh wants you and me to transform that through the truth and revelation that we're going to learn about and 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 that you and i can discern of yahweh's principles and the concepts of leadership that he wants me to share about. And so Yahweh gives us insight and we need revelation and we need a gift of understanding to come to us. So we need understanding, the spirit of understanding to be part of us so that we can take what Yahweh is releasing out of the kingdom and begin to disseminate it and bring understanding so that we can teach what we've learned. And so if you think about the six words change the world and those six words were the just shall live by faith. That's in Romans 6. And If you look at the word there's roughly 180,000 words in the word and six of them sparked the reformation that's carried us to where we are right now. 
And so that was literally what Yahweh did was he illuminated six out of 830,000 words and it sparked something and caused something to ignite that has not gone out yet. And I say that because I believe that you and I are living in a time of revelation like never before. The amount of revelation that's coming to the earth has never been like this before. Yet we are weak. And I think one of the reasons we're weak is because we don't have kingdom fathers. And so the book of Acts speaks about the time of restitution. And actually that Greek word restitution means the reconstituting or the restructuring of something. And so you can buy fruit juice that you need to mix with water and to reconstitute it because when it's in its um in, in that form before you had water, it's way too sweet to drink. And so Yahweh is literally reconstituting the world through the revelation of his word right now, today. And so now this is very, very significant and important to me because what I need us to do is we have to understand that before I begin that none of us, you and me, do not have the ability to comprehend or understand Yahweh within ourselves. That's impossible. Not only do we fail to have the ability, but we don't even have the desire. You may think you do, but if Yahweh did not put it in, your, in you to hunger after Him, you would not hunger after Him. This is one of the things that we have to understand. Fallen man has absolutely no desire to seek the things of the kingdom and the things of Yahweh. In actual fact, we don't even have the capacity or the ability. It's not within you and me. And so we are genetically engineered in a fallen state to be... We are not, sorry, we are not genetically engineered in a fallen state to be able to approach Yahweh. So if Yahweh doesn't come to us, and it's very important that we agree upon this point, because if I go much further, it's not really going to make much sense. And so we have to understand that Yahweh comes to us. And so Yahweh has to be the one to call us, to woo us, to draw us. That's what he's doing all the time. So therefore, if Yahweh ever comes knocking on your door and you feel him tugging, that is an amazing day. That's an awesome day because now you can begin to hear the voice of Yahweh because it's not you that has started this. It's Yahweh that sparked that within you. You can make yourself empty, but you can't make yourself hungry. That is so powerful. And Yahweh is the only one who can create a divine hunger inside you and me. And so the verses that I read and speak about um, is something that I feel really important, is really important and very significant. I don't know how many of you have ever watched a movie many years ago that came out called Contact. And it starred Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey. And the basis of the movie was that there are these signals coming out of space and somewhere in the heavens somewhere that are coming to Earth. And, and so the scientists start to receive these signals and they're trying to figure out what these signals are. And so it then occurs to them that they're in a regular se sequence. Therefore, it's not something random. It's not some random noise coming out of the universe. This is something that's actually coming. It's a, there's a mathematical sequence. And anyway, so they put all their best minds together and eventually they come to understand that these are mathematical uh, equations that translate into engineering drawings. And so somewhere in the heavens, there are these advanced beings now, I definitely believe in other beings. There are other beings out there. There are angels out there and all this kind of stuff. And I believe in terrestrial and celestial beings. But the point that I'm trying to make is this movie walked as close as it could to the book of Hebrews without actually coming right out and telling us what Moses was saying in Hebrews chapter 8, which I'm going to get to in a moment. And so the thesis of the movie is this, that they were sending mathematical drawings to lesser beings to these human beings these inferior beings and this is what they proposed they, they were saying with these drawings that if you build the thing that we're sending you these mathematical equations for 
and you begin to draw it and you begin to create it, what you're going to create is like something that we can call, let's say, a stargate. And this will be a way for a, an access point between your world and our world, between the heavens and the earth, a portal where we will be able to communicate with you and come to you and you're going to be able to communicate with us and come to us. And Hebrews 8 says, says this, see that you build it according to the pattern shown you in the mountain. And so what had happened um, to Yahweh when Adam fell was essentially that Yahweh had turned the mandate of governing this world over to Adam. And so Adam and Eve, they were given dominion over everything. And everything means everything. They had dominion over everything. They were literally given the power and authority to do whatever needed to be done. And I'll go even a step beyond that and say to do anything that they really wished in the world. They could literally do. And obviously, it was obviously Yahweh's intention that they would govern the world in righteousness. And so when they were deceived... What happens is women have often got the rap for that because Paul talks about the woman being deceived and not Adam. And, and this is the point that I'm going to end at. And it makes it look like Adam was smart and he didn't mess up and it was the woman that got him into the trouble. And this is called misogyny, which is what religions do. They blame women for all the mistakes made. And it's a basic flaw that infects the three major religions of Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. Essentially, they believe that women are at the root of man's problems in the earth. But what they forget is this, and this is so important to understand, is that Eve was not even around when Yahweh told Adam, do not eat of the fruit of the tree. She had not yet even been taken out of man yet. And so Yahweh tells Adam, don't eat the fruit of this tree. And so you and I are supposed to be priests of our home. And therefore, he was given an instruction and an obligation to teach those who are members of your household what my principles and laws are all about. So Adam did not teach Eve about this. He may have said to her, and it's true, Adam wasn't deceived. Eve was deceived because Adam never got around to telling her what it was she was supposed to do and the reasons why. You know, he may have said to her, don't eat the fruit of that tree, but he never went into enough detail to help her understand the compelling reasons why Yahweh had set that tree apart. So when the serpent tricks Eve, and he deceives her. She took the fruit and ate it. And what we picture in our Christian circles is Adam was somewhere else in the garden, you know, 50 miles away, tending to some business. But the word says she took a turn and gave to Adam, who was standing right there, and he never opened his mouth. So man failed in his obligation to his own wife. And, and this begins the unraveling of something that Yahweh has been trying to put together. This was Yahweh's world. He was the Lord of this world. He was handing the mandate of its government to mankind. But when Adam sinned with deliberation, it's true. Adam wasn't deceived. The woman was deceived. But Adam was even worse because he was in rebellion. And that is the difference. And so I'll finish on this. So when Adam in open rebellion defies Yahweh and the woman falls in deception, what literally happens was that the title deed of this world, in other words, the legal right to have authority here, was now transferred from the man that Yahweh gave it to, to the enemy that deceived him and that Adam was in rebellion with. So Yahweh was effectively shut out of his world so Satan could become the god of this present world. And isn't that what scripture says? And we'll look at part two in the next session. Bless you guys. Thank you for listening.